We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. If you would, uh, turn with me to Philippians 1, uh, verses 7 through 11. It is in your bulletin, and we're going to read that aloud together. Um, so if you're at home, you want to gather that. And those of us in the room, let's stand, and we're going to read this aloud together. This, then, is the text for today. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all, because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. For this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent, in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. May God bless the reading of his word. Philippians is a tale of two imprisonments, one in Philippi and one in Rome. The first may have been the worst. Paul and Silas were in Philippi, and the Holy Spirit was working. They were proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ over that city, and lives were changed. A couple of critical lives were changed. There was one, a merchant woman, became a deep believer in Jesus Christ. And, and there was another, a slave girl. And things began to get out of control. An angry mob started to form as Paul and Silas proclaimed the name of Jesus Christ. And, and now, it, it wasn't just that they were saying his name, but now as, as Paul and Silas were proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ over the city, it was starting to affect the local economy. In fact, if you'll look with me at Acts 16, 19, it'll be on the screen, but you can look it up as well. So this, this is what is happening in this moment as, as Paul and Silas are preaching the gospel, and then we come to this moment where a slave girl is saved. In verse 19, but her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, and they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. At which point, Paul and Silas are beaten severely and taken into the maximum security cell of the Philippian prison. They walked through multiple jail doors, and they were tucked behind thick stone walls. There was nothing to see other than prison bars and heavy chains. But on this day, chains would have been the easy way out for Paul and Silas. At this point, the jailer placed them in stocks instead. Now, the stocks are this large wooden restraint that fit around your legs. 
And so what the jailer would do and, and what he did to Paul is he would take their legs and spread them out as far as he could and place them in these wooden stocks to an uncomfortable position to lock you in place. You couldn't move. You couldn't sleep. In fact, prisoners would cry out in agony because they couldn't adjust their legs to stop the cramps. A prisoner's mind couldn't get past it. That was when Paul first met these people who formed the church in Philippi. He got there. He was with them. They were building the church, and then he got to see the inside of the maximum security cell. And then we fast forward about eight years. So some eight years in the future, Paul is then writing that same church a letter, remembering those experiences. And as he writes this new letter to them, which is what we're reading in our text for today, Paul, again, is in prison. But this time, he's in very different circumstances. This time, he's facing the death penalty in Rome simply because 40 Jewish leaders wanted him dead because he wouldn't stop saying that Jesus Christ is alive. Everywhere he went, Paul said, Jesus Christ is the author and perfecter of our faith. Jesus Christ is the one who saves. He was the one who was raised from the dead and is alive and well today in the church and in heaven. And the mob wouldn't have it. In fact, there that day in Jerusalem, they chained Paul up and they literally put him on a ship in chains and shipped him off to Rome so that he could face the death penalty there. Now, in Rome, Paul didn't have to contend with prison bars, but the heavy chains were constant. There he was kept under house arrest for two years. But in this house arrest, when he couldn't leave, there was uh, shackles around his wrist and chains that went to another shackle that was shackled around a prison guard. And in fact, he would always have a prison guard chained to him. Every four hours, they would rotate guards in and out. And that's how he was stuck for two years. Prison bars and heavy chains are an awful circumstance. One that most people could never get past. One that most people still can't get past. When we are in those kinds of situations, all that we can see are the stone walls and the wooden stocks that are clamped around our ankles. These physical restraints terrorize our imagination. In fact, they, they terrorize our imaginations as much as they limit movement. Any energy that could have been spent towards reimagining this reality for good is instead wasted, sulking. You know, it's, it's not a far leap then to a pandemic. Though our suffering is nowhere near what Paul endured in jail, nevertheless, we sulk. Refusing any hope that flickers in the distance so that we might grumble over inconveniences. We, we stare at the restrictions like they are prison bars and heavy chains only loosened at a virus's discretion. It's like we're sitting on the floor of a jail cell 
scraping the concrete with a spoon. But, but we're not digging an escape hatch. We only scrape the floor so that we can complain about the spoon not working. Paul, though, was different. Sitting on the floor of his jail cell, his eyes lit up with an unexplainable joy, a spiritual joy from God himself. You know, every other prisoner who dared lift his eyes off the chains only saw prison bars, but not Paul. He looked through the prison bars and saw heaven. His heart was filled with joy, and he started to sing. See, that's what happened when, when Paul and Silas were imprisoned in Philippi. When you go back to that, that first moment that we spoke about earlier with the, with the wooden stocks locked around his legs. He couldn't sleep, and so at midnight they started to sing. And, you know, our, our first reaction to that is, well, that's, that's nice. I'm, I'm glad they had an opportunity to sing that day. I hope they found some comfort in an old hymn. Maybe like a lullaby, it helped them find some sleep. But that's not right. That's not what they were doing. They, they weren't singing lullabies behind prison bars. They were worshiping. And, and worship itself, when we worship, it reverberates deep into the earth and high into the heavens. You see, worship is a cosmic act that, that has all kinds of unanticipated ripples. And for Paul and Silas that night in Philippi, worship literally prompted an earthquake. And it opened their cell doors. In fact, unlocked every lock in that place. And in the early morning, their jailer came to believe in Jesus Christ as his Savior. See, God still does that kind of thing. God is still doing those kinds of things in his church through the Holy Spirit during a pandemic. You see, though this world is locked down, God is still expanding his kingdom daily. And I hope we don't miss out on it. I hope we don't miss out on the, the work that the Spirit of God is doing. If only we would see past the prison bars and heavy chains into heaven itself. You see, for, for Paul, living in the Holy Spirit and, and finding this joy in a relationship with God, the prison bars and heavy chains were joyful. His pain and his confinement led to one of the greatest stories of witnessing in the early church. If he wasn't in chains in a maximum security cell that day, that jailer wouldn't have come to the gospel. You see, in, in the spirit, Paul started to see how God could use the most dire circumstances to do incredible work for the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit changed Paul's eyes so that he didn't see prison bars and heavy chains. He saw an opportunity for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, when he's in Rome several years later, Paul is filled with joy. Even though he's imprisoned and under house arrest, his life is just full of this, this spirit of God that, that's bringing new rejoicing into his life every day. 
His imagination wasn't spent on how terrible life was, even though he was probably in prison for the seventh time in 10 years. Instead, his imagination started to wonder, what amazing things is God going to do today? What, what amazing things can God do in this circumstances? In this circumstance, he started, imagine, started to imagine how God might show up that day. You see, in Rome, he was there, not in a jail cell, but shackled, chained to an officer. Paul looked at his chains, and he looked at that officer, and he smiled. He was filled with joy because every single one of those officers heard about Jesus Christ. You know, amazingly, this, this is how the book of Acts ends. If you'll look at me with me to Acts 28, it'll, it'll be on the screen as well. Acts 28. So the, these are the last two verses in the book of Acts, the Acts of the church. As the Holy Spirit begins to fill the church, these are the things that happened. And so we get to this moment at the end of the book of Acts where Paul is under house arrest. Paul is in chains. And so we get to verse 30. And he stayed there two full years in his own rented quarters, and he was welcoming all who came to him. So when he's under house arrest, people can come and go and see him. He's just kind of chained up there. And so people did. They came and to see him, and he was welcoming everybody. And he was preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness, unhindered. That's, that's the last word of the book of, of Acts. That's, that's the work of the Holy Spirit in the church, that it doesn't matter the circumstances that we find ourselves in, whether we're, we're chained up in Philippi or we're chained up in Rome or we're facing a pandemic in San Antonio. The gospel of Jesus Christ is unhindered by all of it. The, the Spirit is moving unhindered through all of the things that we face. And every door that is in front of us, every chain that has bound us, the Spirit is moving freely through all of it unhindered for the sake of the kingdom of God, for the sake of the glory of the Lord. And what we need to remember this morning is, is that Paul was not some superhuman. In fact, we don't need to think, even think of him as, as some kind of a hero. He was, he was just like us, people with a heartbeat but a person with the Holy Spirit, one who is living in hope and life that the, the Spirit of God can bring and only the Spirit of God can bring. You see, for Paul to, to look past the prison bars and heavy chains into heaven was a work of the Holy Spirit. He, he, did, he didn't have some unique intestinal fortitude that, that helped him gather up the strength so that he could push through to the other side. The secret was the Spirit of God. He knew the Spirit of God. E even in that jail cell, even under house arrest, he was able to experience the person of Jesus Christ. 
And, and this same work is, is happening in the church today. It's happening in our city this very moment where we are experiencing the Spirit. We are experiencing the Christ through all of it. And, and that, that experience of God himself is what brings us joy and hope and life. And see, apart from that, you're not going to know any kind of joy. Uh, apart from that, all of these things that are pouring onto us from the world just drain the life out of us. In fact, it's so much so that it just is killing us every day. And for us to find any hope through all of it and wading through the, the pain that all of the people are facing and all of us are facing and, and all of it just sort of coming in and as wave over wave with Jesus Christ, we can know joy. And in fact, we can pass, press forward through all of it with a hope that only comes from heaven. You see, in the Holy Spirit, you can look past the metaphorical prison bars and heavy chains of this pandemic, and you can see heaven. You can, you can experience it. You can experience it together, together with, with the Spirit, together as a church. We experience it every day. And you, this very morning, can live in the kingdom of God. It is coming, and it is not yet. But we can walk with Christ in his kingdom. We can serve him as our Lord, and we will know a joy that is inexpressible. You see, what, what begins to happen is, is as we know the Spirit of God, and, and as we experience Jesus Christ we begin to walk with him. And when you walk with Jesus Christ, the prison bars and heavy chains just don't matter. Because when you walk with Jesus, you can walk through doors and you can walk on water. And I want to invite you into that kind of relationship this morning. That if, if you haven't ever known that, come to the feet of Jesus Christ and know it today. Or in the same way, if it has been a long time since you have ever experienced that or ever known that, if it's a distant memory, come back this morning as a prodigal. Come back and kneel at the feet of Jesus Christ and, and be saved and be refreshed again. Because that, that can happen this day in spite of everything that's happening around us, in spite, in spite of everything that's in the news. In fact, we can leave all of that outside the walls of the church outside of worship and know that God is going to bring us through all of it with a joy that can only come from heaven. And so draw in near to the Lord this morning. Let him turn the morning into song. And, and trust that the Holy Spirit is working through this. The Holy Spirit is working through the Word of God this morning on your heart, on our heart, on the heart of this city to make it right. So let's, let's trust that and surrender our lives to Jesus Christ so that we might be saved. And let us surrender our, our hearts and let us surrender our eyes and let us surrender our minds to Jesus Christ so that we can see through the prison bars and heavy chains into heaven this morning. You see, if, if you're ready for that, if you're, if you're ready to do that this morning, if, if God's Spirit's been working on your heart 
so that that might be true today, we, we want to walk through that with you because we know it's important and it's good. And so we want to be there with you, and we, we want to hear from you. And so on TV, there's a couple of ways that you can do that, and we want, want you to be faithful. This is a faithful response to God. And so see it not as you're res responding to me or this church, but this is a response to God, that you're going to submit your life to Jesus Christ. And so if you're ready to do that, you can, you can call. The, the number has been on the screen where you can call a church, and, and we have uh, people ready to receive those calls. Or you can go to our website, fbcsa.org slash connect. And you'll, you'll find ways there that you can connect with us. And so um, we want to do this with you, even though we have to be uh, distant. Now, in the same way, in, in the room, we're going to have a, a time to respond to Jesus Christ. And in the room, this is the way we respond to the Christ. We, we're, um, the, the altar is open, and you can come forward, and you can kneel and pray here. You can just find uh, kind of where you are and, and find a comfortable place to pray there, and you can, you can pray there if you need to pray, if you need to, to journal. You can, you can write in your journals or in your sermon notes and, and write out how, how you need to respond to God. Also, Brian and I will be up here in the front, and we'll, we'll receive you. Um, if, if you're ready to accept Christ or if this is the time you need to come down and, and, and be a part of this church in that way, we're here to receive you, and, and we'll try to do that as safely as possible. And so all of us in here, we need to respond to God in some way this morning. Uh, Word from Home is, is going to be playing for us, and, and as you, you listen... Um, listen to them, but as you listen to them, listen for a word from God. Now, uh, remember here, th this, is, this is not a, a time for us to uh, just sort of mark time. It's not a, a time for us to, to plan out lunch. This is our time to, to faithfully, obediently respond to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, we, we want to invite you to do that. And so however you feel compelled, um, let us respond to the Lord. First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.